0: And frustration. How many could use a little bit of that? Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk to you about unlocking Zion. And I want to go to this scripture here. In Jeremiah 4.22, it always touches my heart. It says, For my people, not the heathen, my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are silly children. Foolish children. They have no understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. And that scripture is such an eye-opener. About so many times as I was sharing, and we're going to get to this more and more and more. It's not about that we know about God. It's not about that we just heard about God. He says, I want my people to know me. And when I read this every time, and and you and I should have the same desire. God, how do you want me to know you? Lord, how do you want me to please you? How can I grow in areas of my life to where I'm more in love with you? And Lord, you see my heart in such a special way. How can I grow in an area to be a voice in this generation for what you're looking for? And it goes on to say in the next scripture, it says in James 4.8, Come close to God and He will come close to you. Come close to God. Lord, I want to draw nigh to you. I want to get close to you. I want to be where you dwell. I want to be in your presence. I want to know you. And when it comes to knowing God, many times it's easy to back away like the children of Israel did when he would come down in the cloud of the glory. The children of Israel would say, Moses, you go here from God. We're not worthy. We can't. And so many times the new scares us. Something that we're not accustomed to scares us. A new sound, a a new type of song, a new style, a new church, new form of worship, a, a different way of teaching the word. It could be different. But that's how you get to know God by willing to go into the new areas. Years ago, my wife and I were invited to do a five-day youth camp up on top of a mountain uh, with with a a certain denomination. And so uh, they had had, the year before, they had a girl that had manifested an evil spirit, and they didn't know what to do, so they invited us to be the speakers that year, so we went. And there was 170, and we, we got in there, and we started ministering. And I tell you what, the power of God came in that room and they counted that over out of the 170, over 100 had fell out in the spirit. And I know from some of y'all might think, "Ooh, that's spooky. But let me just share this. As As Cindy and I were just standing there, people were falling all over that had never fallen or seen someone fall before. I wasn't touching anyone. I wasn't pushing anyone. I wasn't even around them and they were falling out. Somebody would come, be walking towards us, and we would go to pray. And we would go, God, and all we would say is God. We'd even get to the name of Jesus. I would, we would just go, God or Dios, and they would fall out and get up healed. We had some ladies who sat down. And we were going to pray for their curvature of the spine and grabbed their ankles and the Spirit of God hit them and before we could even pray we're holding their ankles they fell off their chair on the floor and got up and their spine was totally straight and they didn't have any pain anymore and we just saw young people trying to jump out the window and, and uh, had one homosexual guy get free and people were bringing their uh, demonic stuff because they were from a city called San Pedro which was the capital of witchcraft there in Hujuy where we lived and they were bringing stuff and we were burning them and, and things were happening and it was just a solemn sovereign move of God and people were just getting 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 free and healed. It was just one of the most awesomest things. But one of the things about it was it was awesome to see those young people as they were just standing there just worshiping God. What well, started all was these young people. They were so hungry and they were just worshipping God and they were singing songs about when I see the beauty of your holiness, I worship you. And they were singing from glory, their gloria and gloria they veil. From glory to glory, I see you. And the more I see you, the, one I want, the more I want of you. And the more I want of you, the more I know of you. And the more I know of you, the more I want to be like you. And they were just singing from their hearts and the Spirit of God was just coming in that place and touching lives. And for five days, people were being transformed. And then we were invited. To the first denomination, the first church that they were, the first Baptist church in San Pedro, and the pastor was hungry. He invited us to go to the mother church. It was the big church, and people started falling out there, and they had never seen that, so they didn't know you needed catchers. And they had a cement floor, and you would hear the people's head hit the cement. Bow! And I would go, Oh my God. And, but when God's in it, you don't feel a thing, because it's a God thing. And, the, and to get to know God, sometimes you're going to experience something out of the little circle that you've experienced so far. Yeah. And that's why we're talking about unlocking Zion. And that's why I want you to see the scriptures and hear in the word today that I, I want you to, to desire to go deeper and to know more about the things of God. And I want you to see here, this is so interesting. This worded it so good. Here in Acts chapter 17, 22, 23, 27, and 28, it says, So Paul, standing before the council... Address them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For I was walking among along and I saw many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it to the unknown God. But listen to what it says here. This God, look at this. This God whom you worship without knowing. My children are in. Predicaments, my children are in problems because they don't know me. They're not connected to the source of all wisdom and knowledge. And here Paul is saying, You're worshiping a God without knowing who this God is. And it's one thing about these pagans in Athens that were worshiping a God. They had all kinds of shrines, they knew there was a God, and somehow we're going to get the right God, we're going to get the right denomination. We're going to get the right person to lay hands on us. We're going to get the right word. But God is saying all of that is just a little bit of it. You've got to get to know the one whom you're worshiping. That's right. Good. Good. You've got to get into a heart felt deep, spirited relationship and spirited in truth that it's not enough just knowing the Bible stories it's not enough that you were baptized because you were told that's what you were supposed to do it wasn't enough because you went down the aisle because you saw other people and you felt an impression at the moment that's good that's a step forward but there's something more about going deeper into the things of God and learning how to He seeks those He seeks those who will worship in spirit and truth and we don't want to be guilty of being very religious but yet denying the power of God. And he goes on to say, this God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. His purpose was for the nations to what? To seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him, though He is not far from not one of us. For in Him we live, we move, and we have our being. Now there's something interesting here. He says that perhaps they will, uh, they will seek God or perhaps they will I want you to see this. They they will uh, feel their way towards God, and that word came to me. So I looked at the definition of that word, "feel," and it means to be aware of someone through touching. I spoke last week about the tangible anointing. You can actually feel the presence of God. And he says, if you will seek God, and listen, it's not just seeking God, but somehow there's something that the Spirit of God is going to show you. There's some way the Holy Spirit's going to enlighten you. There's going to be a song. There's going to be a scripture. There's going to be a time in your prayer time that while you're seeking God, there's going to be a tangible feeling. And that word feel, listen to this, it's awesome. It means to be aware that something is happening. You see, it's not that I'm just seeking Him, the seeking Him brings me behind the veil where He is. And I get behind that veil and He says, I allow you to find me. And there's something that when I'm seeking Him and I start getting glimpses and I start feeling something tangible and I start realizing here that there is something happening. And it also means to find one's way. Listen to this it means to find one's way by touch rather than sight. That's what that word feel means. I've been trying to find God by my eyes. But there's something else that when I'm seeking God, there's a new area of seeking God by feeling Him, or there's something tangible, or there's something happening in my, in my life. There's something happening to the way I'm singing. There's something happening to the way I'm praying. There's ha- something happening the way I'm reading my Bible. There's something happening about going to church. Now we can't wait till church. We can't wait to get ready to go to church. There's something that is changing on the inside of me. I've just been one who's been knowing about God, but now as I've been seeking Him, there's t- I'm getting touches from God. I'm being able to touch God. I'm being able to feel God. I'm feeling His Word. I'm feeling His heart. I'm feeling the breath that breathes on the Word. is now breathing His Word within me. It's feeling. It means to find one's way by touch instead of sight. And listen, to this, this word feel means to investigate, to desire, and to long for. I don't know why I'm going through this. Become an investigator. Lord, I desire to find the answers, but listen to this. It means to be motivated by touch rather than sight. And when you look at this word feel, it's the word used with the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I will but touch or feel his garment, I shall be whole. And she got down on the ground and she was crawling with this Blood disease that cost her 12 years of her house, of her life. It cost her her home. It cost her everything she owned. She said she went to the doctors, but instead of getting better, she got worse. Well, she just, she got worse. She got worse physically, but she got more diligent into searching and feeling. You may be a place where you're at a place where you may not have anything right now, but it's to drive you to start searching to where you can touch Him. And if you touch Him, everything that had been taken can be restored. He wants to be touched. God desires to be touched. And that's what we see there. And we want to go on. I want to show you something here that we want to get into today. The key. Somebody shout out key. Shout out the key of David. The key of the house of David. Listen to this. I will lay upon his shoulder so he shall open and no one shall shut. And he shall shut and no one shall open. I will fasten him as a peg in a secure place and he will become glorious throne to his father's house. Now there's something marvelous about David that even in the very end of Revelation, Jesus still claims I am the root and I'm the heir of David. He still claims David as the natural his part of his inheritance from a natural sense. And the key of David, if you're taking notes, means it is the key of authority to which we can rule and reign with. But this key is the key that unlocks doors. It says that it is a peg that I will fasten in a secure place. If you're taking notes, this ruling and reign through authority, you need to write this down. Worship creates an attitude. I'm gonna give you more scriptures in a minute. C- worship creates an atmosphere of security. With everything that's going on today, everything that's bombarding the church and the economy and and, and the mindsets of the people and about our children and our loved ones, the only way we're going to feel secure and set as a peg as Christ was is to get into the area that with the key of David, we unlock the presence of God and we feel a tangible presence of the angels all around because we're worshiping, because when we gather, it says that God is enthroned in our worship. And so worship creates an atmosphere for security. And he says, I will fasten him and he will become something secure for your life. But I want you to read this in Revelation, the book of Revelation chapter three, verse seven. Look what it says here. And the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, listen to this. These things says he who is holy, he who is true. Can I hear an amen? amen? He is holy, he is true. What does he say? He who has the key of David He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. Now listen, as we get into the word and I show you scripture after scripture, I want you to be able to see that there is something here that God wants you to know so you can to know him and you can know what opens the door that has been shut and shut doors that need to be opened. God wants you to get into area about learning with this key of David and ruling and reigning to where with worship you will realize, and you're going to hear today, the things that are unlocked that you can only unlock through worship. Now, there's something interesting here. In Isaiah 22, verse 2, it says, The key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to get this. What does it mean to lay a key upon a shoulder? When you study it in the Hebrew The shoulder and the hand is all one thing. But listen to this. The key is in the hand of Jesus. But the hand is activated by the shoulder, which is you and ours worship and praise. When it says the shoulder, listen to this. When it says the shoulder, I will lay upon his shoulder. In the word of God, when you see shoulder and Christ and his body, it speaks about being equally yoked together. It speaks about being yoked with Christ, that what moves you moves God's hand, and what moves God moves you. And it's not talking there about a double yoke that you hear people talk about how you hook up an old one, you hook up a new one, and you go back and forth. No, it talks about being underneath the same yoke, that you are one. One. And that worshiping in spirit means when we become one and we are hooked up and united as one in Christ. And as we begin to worship and praise the name of Jesus and lift up the word of God, there is a shift comes forward and our worship moves the hand of Christ and he opens and closes doors that need to be opened or doors that need to be shut. Amen. So the key is put upon his shoulder to open and to close. Now I want you to see this right quick. Look in Colossians 2 and 4 it says continue earnestly say that with me continue earnestly where am I lacking many people pastor where am I messing up at there's two words right there continue earnestly they're feeling that touching that desiring that investigating continue earnestly in prayer and be vigilant with thanksgiving meanwhile praying also for us that God would open to us a door somebody shout out open doors Open to us a door for the word to speak a mystery of Christ, a mystery of Christ, something unknown for which I am also in chains and I make it manifest as I ought to speak. And we'll be getting more uh, into some areas about why so many people under battle warfare right now. It's because the devil doesn't want you entering into this type of position in worship and praise. He wants the doors shut. He doesn't want doors open. You hear now look what it says in 1st Corinthians 16:9, a huge door. Wow, a huge door of opportunity for good has opened up here, but there's a mushroom of opposition. Oh man, there's a lot of good things opening up here, but the enemy's coming out. The Spanish Bible says that there's a huge door with great results coming. Somebody, if you need that right now, raise your hand and receive that right now. There is a huge door with great results and great rewards coming your way. Receive that in the name of Jesus. Now the enemy's going to rise up because the enemy doesn't want you flown in an area of worship. He doesn't want you knowing God. He wants you knowing about God, but he doesn't want you knowing God. Because when you know God, you're transformed and you're like God. And that's why the enemy doesn't want. Now look at this. Acts 14, 27. On arrival, they got to church together and reported on their trip, telling in detail how God had used them, look at this, to throw the door of faith wide open. You see that? To throw the door of faith wide open. Now we're going to look at their secrets, what caused doors to be open. But I want you to see here that if you need doors open, it's just not a matter of speaking to the mountain, but you've got to sing to the mountain. You've got to sing songs of deliverance. You've got to sing songs of protection. You've got to sing songs of provision. You've got to sing so that the mountain be removed because you can only sing when you're in faith when the mountain is bigger than what you can see. Faith is what causes God to be a rewarder. But you've got to understand that when you sing and you continue earnestly to pray and to sing in faith, that's what opens the door for God to move, to throw the door of God wide open. Now look at 2 Corinthians 2.12. When I came to the city of Tars, to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. Say door of opportunity. You see, it just keeps saying the same thing. Door of opportunity. But look at this. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. It says, keep on. Somebody shout out, keep on. Keep on on asking. And you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking. Somebody shout out, "Keep keep on seeking. And you will find. And look at this next one. Keep on knocking. Shout it out. Keep on knocking. And the door will be open to you. Worship is the way we knock. Worship is the way we ask. Worship is the way we seek. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone. Hallelujah. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Somebody shout out everyone. Everyone, everyone means me. So you see what it says there. Everyone who knocks, who seeks, will find, and it will be open. And it goes on to say, if your parents, if your parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you think to give them a stone instead? Or if you ask for a fish, do you think to give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those to ask Him? Amen. Take hold and feel your way to the throne of God. I mean, when you start praying, when you start believing, you start practicing this, the enemy's going to rise up and come against you. He's going to try to shut the doors. I'll give you a a, a real easy example. When we started looking at this property, I understand this property right here was for sale for 22 years. It had a few little buildings. Do you know that back in World War II, This place was known as a place of prostitutes. It had little buildings because the soldiers could come and they had little places where prostitutes would come on this property and so forth and so on. And anyway, this land had been for sale for 22 years. Well, when we came and we saw this property, come to find out that this five acres, we got more now, but the five acres here was $600,000. Well, we didn't have money like that. So we came and we decided one men's meeting, all of us men drove up here and we walked on this property, more or less where this building is and we were praying. Well, the lady who owned this property lived where the hotel is and she called the police on us and the police came to run us off. And then when we offered her 300,000 for this property, she was asking 600,000 for, she laughed and said, no way. But we kept praising God anyway. And not that God put her in there, but she ended up in the hospital and when she was in the hospital, she says, ask that preacher to come. I'm going to sign those papers. And if he wants that land for $300,000, i will sell it to him for 300000 And we had the money, and we paid cash for this first five and a half acres that we got. What they wanted to shut, God opened. Amen. Can you give the Lord praise? What God wanted to shut, what God, the devil wanted to shut, God opened. Now, he opens doors that need to be opened. But listen, I want you to understand something. He shuts. When God shuts a door, it is shut. That word, whatever door he opens is open, whatever door he shuts is shut. That word is the same word used that when God shut the door on the ark of Noah, when him and his family were inside, representing the redemption. When I seal a deal, it is sealed. And when he shut that door, it didn't matter how many times those people banged, it, it was shut and they couldn't get back in. But this is for something for you and I today too to know. It says that when out of the ten virgins, there were only five wise. That while the five foolish went to get oil, the bridegroom came, took the five wise, went into the bridegroom's room and shut the door. It doesn't matter how much they begged, they were not in. That's why today is the day to see God. Today is the day to feel for the tangible presence of God and get a new revelation of God. Because when it's shut, it is shut. Now I want to show you something here. Acts 16, 22 and 26, it says, a mob quickly farmed against Paul and Silas. I mean, here they are, God started moving, great things were happening, but the devil's going to attack. And it farmed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. So that's what we get for worshiping God. No, sometimes. They were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet into stocks Look look at this. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing to God and the other prisoners were listening and suddenly there was a massive earthquake. The prison was shaking off its foundations. All! look at that. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Do you see that, church? But listen. Listen to this. If we were Paul and Silas, we would be complaining. And that's why the doors stay shut. If they wouldn't have started singing at midnight, the doors would have never opened. The key of David is the key of authority that unlocks any door. But if we're mumbling and complaining and we're seeing ourselves as the spies did that said, "We are nothing but grasshoppers, and we can't do this, and why am I going through this? It's not fair. That's why the door stays shut. They started singing in the midst of discomfort. They got into worship at midnight. Instead of complaining and everything, they started worshiping God. And it says the doors flew open and the chains fell off. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, that the shackles and the chains fell off, how many of you feel like you're married to a ball and chain? Don't raise your hand. But how many of you feel like you're married to a ball and chain? And all you do is complain about my old ball and chain. And you wonder why the door stays shut. You wonder why she don't love on you you wonder why he don't want to be around you it's because you're too busy complaining about the all ball and chain when you ought to be praising God and worshiping God and allowing the doors to open and the chain and ball to fall off so if you're in an area where you're in some type of financial prison some type of bad marriage prison some type of bad job if you find yourself in some type of jail some type of surrounding and you can't get out this is what this key of David is you've got to start worshiping. God and praising God you got to put the worship music on get out of Tim McGraw and get into Jesus Christ and start worshiping and praising get into that atmosphere and that old ball and chain will fall off and you'll get free we go around I can't make it that's why the door shut why doesn't anything good happen to me what what, what tune are you singing what tune are you dancing to it's so easy to be negative and it's so easy just to want to give up. But when you get in the spirit and I give an example and, and, and uh, you know when, when I, I was with the Fontanos this week and I, I knew she was going to ask me and I was with them Monday morning and, and, and you know what a horrible thing to lose your three grandchildren your babies and, and, and your daughter and six years ago Wednesday they buried their oldest son and so, you know, all the hurt and all the pain and she asked me to do the funeral and, and I went back home and I, I was in the bedroom praying and my mind was going a thousand different directions because I've got like eight pastor's manuals and none of them tell you how to do a funeral like that. I called all my pastor friends. They had never done a funeral like that. And I was praying. I said, well, Lord, I don't want to do a funeral like anybody else anyway. I want to do what's needed for these precious people. And I was seeking God and my mind was going around. What could I say that would help them? What would give comfort? And, and I was praying and seeking God. And, and out of my spirit, the song was continuing to play in the background. My soul sings. My soul sings. My soul sings how I love you, Lord. That song by Delirious, that worship song. and and, and I'm thinking and I'm praying and God is starting to give me some things and my soul is singing while my mind is going and my heart is searching and then all of a sudden I'm there and I start feeling God start mentioning, speaking some things into my heart and then I I hear my wife, she didn't hear me because I was singing in my heart but out of my spirit was this song but she went to the kitchen sink and she started singing out loud the same song about my soul sings and she's at the kitchen sink and she's singing this song that is singing on the inside of me and when I heard her singing the same song that was on the inside of me I knew that God was going to come through and help me and somehow God was going to give me a word and sometimes God was going to help me be the comfort and and, and encouragement I needed to be this family that had lost so much in such a tragic way and I was just there I was God what can I do and then the Lord just singing this song in me and over me and over them and over my wife and here we were in agreement and this song was going on and on in our house and the spirit of God came down and gave the perfect word what I needed to give For that moment, and even at the 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 funeral itself, God continued to speak new things, even in that moment, because God is faithful. But if I would have gone on and said, "You see, God, there's no information. What can you do? I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. This is this this is not what I'm supposed to do." I could have had an attitude like that and kept that door shut. But because of worshiping day, worshiping the key of David, there was a door. From heaven that was open, so supernatural revelation and knowledge could come down, comfort of God's heart that God could speak speak. speak his heart and no other pastor not even me could speak my heart but God could speak his heart in this situation because God loves him and he knew what they needed to hear that is the faithfulness of God you're not always going to have things easy you're not going to always have the answers you're not always going to be able to run to other people you're not going to find the answers in every book but there is a God and there is a God who is all knowing and he's everywhere and he's all sufficient and all you gotta allow is that worship that worship there's a song that rises in you and one of the things i thought about was job and his wife broken looking at seven coffins of his seven children and it says in job chapter 2 verse 20 after he lost all of his possessions he lost all of his children it says that Job fell in an ash heap with broken pottery and started scratching. And you know what it says that Job did? It says, and Job worshipped God. <sighs> in chapter 2, before his friends and anything else, it says Job fell and was scratching himself. And it says he fell in the dirt and he worshipped God. And worship. Is what made Job righteous in the beginning. And it was worship that got Job everything he had and lost. But it was worship that got it all back to fold. If you lost everything you have had, and it looks like everything's falling apart, learn from Job, he worshiped God naked with broken pottery in an ash heap. No house, no income, no children. And his wife, that was a great wife, was telling him, you curse God and you die. But in all of this, Job didn't sin, he worshiped. And because he worshiped, he unlocked the key of David. Worship. My soul sings. You loose your song by faith and it creates an atmosphere. Now, we're not gonna go into much here, but it says the jailer brought them at home. He cleansed their wounds and it says he set a meal before him and it says it was a night of celebration. Look at this. What seemed to, would look like their last night on earth They had been beaten and shackled and were to be executed the next day. But because they worshiped God, the doors opened, they were rescued, all the people got saved, and they're having a festive meal. They're having Thanksgiving. They got turkey cornbread dressing right there. They were down the road, got some Coca-Cola, and they're having a great meal right now. They're they're having a party. Why? Because two men decided to worship and unlock the key of David. Now, Now, look at this. Psalms 102, 11... It says, my days are like a shadow that lengthens. And I weather away like the grass. I want to stop right there. David is talking out of depression. He's having one of his moods. And he's saying, my life is like this shadow. I see it getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And my life is like that. There's hardly nothing left to my life. But look what he goes on to say. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever forever. And the remembrance of your name to all generations, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time. Somebody shout out the set time. The set time has come. Somebody shout out the set time has come. The set time has come. The Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. Now, this is interesting. Listen to this. David is talking. All my hope is getting small like a shadow. There's nothing real that I can touch or believe in. But my God is enthroned. And what he's saying here, he is saying, my circumstances doesn't change, but God is on his throne. He's compassionate. He's the God who restores. He is favored. But listen, he said there's a set time. Or there, In the King James, it says an appointed time. Now, listen to this. How many of you know that Christmas comes every year, December 25th? That's right. How many you know Easter comes every year in April? How many of you know uh, they just passed up? Uh, Not Bourbon Street, but uh, Mardi Gras, and that's a set time. Uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th, that's a set time. Listen, that word appointed time means just like a festival or a holiday is fixed on a calendar. Listen to this. God has your breakthrough and your answer already written down on a prophetic calendar. It's a set time. And just as sure just as sure as a holiday is going to come by every year and it's going to be a holiday and nobody can change that Christmas is going to be the 25th of December and nobody can change that Valentine's is going to be the 14th of February and nobody's going to change that you can want to change it but you can't change it and it's been there over the years it's been there in the past it's there now and it'll be there in the future well that's what the appointed time of God means you don't know the appointed time but if you keep worshiping God the God of Zion he will look compassionate and favorable will be upon you and He has your set appointed time on the calendar and what you've got to do you've got to keep worshipping because as bad as you want Christmas in July Christmas is still going to be in December well you've got a set appointed time just like Passover just like Pentecost just like Harvest these set appointed times are on the calendar God, your appointed time is on the calendar for your healing, your breakthrough, what you're believing God for. But you've got to continue to remind yourself God is on his throne. And he has a fixed appointed time and he's gonna respond to me. Now it says in Psalms 102, it says, for the Lord shall build up Zion, and he shall appear in his glory. And it goes on to say, uh, he shall regard the prayer of the destitute. He shall not despise their prayer. This will be written for the generation to come. Somebody shout amen. amen. This is written for the generation to come. Look at this, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Somebody shout out, that's us. A people yet to Created are going to be part of an end time generational sound that is going to sing and make a joyful noise and worship God that's going to unlock the key of David that's going to open up Zion that's going to bring blessings and provision down that's going to set up on in time that no matter how bad the world is shaking or falling apart there's a generation that's been created that's going to worship God His spirit and His truth there's a generation who's going to sing a new song who's going to worship God out of the heart and the abundance of their heart, you are created to be this generation, somebody shout out I am created to shore forth his praises for he's called me out of darkness into his marvelous light oh hallelujah now I want to show you this, no you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, this is Hebrews 12, 22. I don't have time to read all this because of time but let me share something with you Mount Zion is not Mount Zion Church, even though that is Mount Zion Church. But listen, Mount Zion, one time was on one mountain, and then another time it was on another mountain. Mount Zion, right here they're saying is in heaven. Mount Zion, Zion means the dwelling place of God, just as the Shekinah glory. Mount Zion is where God dwells. I want to show you the provision that comes out of Zion according to the scriptures. I'm going to go through this quickly here, but I want you to see this. That as you're worshiping and praising God, there is the key in the hand of Christ that is turning the door open to where there are things coming out of Zion. And I want you to see that Mount Zion is where God dwells, and it means the highest level of God in glory. How many want to go to another level of God in glory? Well, that's Mount Zion. It says in Isaiah 33:2. Well, this revelation talks about Zion in Revelation 14, 1 and 3. But in Isaiah 33, 2 through 5, it talks about he has filled, the last part there, he has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. This means heaven, get ready, heaven is invading earth. Heaven is invading your life. Thy will be done on earth, Zion. As it is in heaven. It's the presence of God. And listen to this. You remember when Philip went to Samaria and people were getting saved and delivered and healed? It's because Philip brought the presence of Zion unlocked the glory of God and brought the people into another level of where God was. Now let me give you the things that's in Zion. Number one, Psalms 128. It says, the Lord bless you out of Zion. Somebody shout out blessings. Blessings are released from Zion. When you start worshiping God and move that key of David, there's an opening in the heavens and blessings come into your life. Number two, Isaiah 2 and 3. It says, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Write this down. Revelation, understanding, and knowledge comes from Zion. It is loosed from Zion. You see there, out of Zion, revelation, knowledge. Let me give you something else. Psalms 110 verse 2. The Lord shall send the rod of His strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Authority is established out of Zion. When you're worshiping God, there's a new level of authority. In other words, our God reigns. Isaiah 14, 32. Look what it says. The Lord has founded Zion and the poor of his people shall take refuge in it, protection and fortress in the time of need. Out of Zion comes protection. Now look at this one, Isaiah thirty-three twenty to one and twenty-four. It says, "Look upon Zion, the city for our appointed feast." There's the celebration. There's the appointed time. For your eyes shall see Jerusalem, a quiet home, a tabernacle that will not be taken down, nor no, no not one of its stakes will be even removed, nor will any of its cords be broken. But there the majestic Lord will be for us. A place of broad rivers and streams. And the inhabitant will not say... Look at this. The inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. What comes out of Zion? Healing. Right. The inhabitants will not say, I'm sick. Why? They won't be sick. Healing and forgiveness comes out of Zion. Now look at Psalms 1, 13 and 16. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it to be His dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. Somebody shout out provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread, and I will also clothe her priest with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There's provision in Zion. Everything you need is in Zion. The dwelling place of God. Look at this one. Jeremiah thirty-one, twelve. Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord. For wheat, new wine, and oil. For the young of the flock and the herd, their so shall be a well-watered garden. They shall sorrow no more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance and the young men and the old together for I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and will make them rejoice rather than sorrow. Joy comes from Zion. So what comes from Zion? Blessing, revelation, authority, protection, healing, forgiveness, provision, and joy. All of those things in the word comes from Zion. What opens the door to Zion? Zion the worshipful key of David. You see this? Man, I'll rush through this. You need to go dig into this. Why is things not coming together? Where's my level of praise in opening the doors of Zion? Everything you need is in the dwelling place in the throne room of God. So I want to invite you. Would you stand up? Worship team, would you come up? Would you stand up at this moment? And I want you to just to pray. Holy Spirit, make me a priest that I can sing in joy, that you will turn my sorrow into dancing, that you will take sorrow and grief and agony and pain from me, and I will rejoice as someone who is fresh and new that's never been stormed in the weather. Lord, we ask you right now to make us an expectant people. That Lord, we will expect from your dwelling place as we worship you and as we praise you that there is going to be doors opened that no enemy or no man can shut. I praise you, Father, for those here today who are believing you for open doors. Father, they need doors to be opened. They've been believing for the set time and the appointed time has come. But Lord, we understand the appointed time has come, but it's also appointed up to us to worship That appointed time in. It's up to us. In the midst of what we're believing for. To worship you in faith. Believing. And not doubting. We know that we are called. In the midst of the storm. In the midst of the giant. In the midst of the mountain. To sing and to rejoice. And praise you regardless. Lord there's an appointed time. But there's a key. That unlocks that door. And that key is the key of David. That key is the key to worship you and praise you and adore you. Father, you desire worship. And Lord, we, this generation, desire to give you a worship that is worthy of your presence. Lord, I praise you for moving upon every musician, every singer, every worshiper in our homes, in our lives, in this church. That we gather together, our sole purpose is upon you. That, Lord God, we're not wondering who's written us. We're not wondering what's happening around us, but Lord, we're concentrating on you, Holy Spirit. We're giving this time to you to concentrate on you. And as we concentrate and worship on you, I hear the key turning. I hear the lock coming unlocked. And I see the door opening wide with opportunities for your goodness. Lord, I give you praise and I give you worship. I worship you in your sanctuary. I worship you with your word. I worship you in the name of Jesus. I worship you under the unction of the Holy Spirit. I worship you clothed in righteousness. I worship you with the blood of Christ Jesus. I worship you in that spirit of Christ Jesus that raised us from the dead along with him. I worship you, I praise you. Lord, we ascend to Mount Zion. We come up to the dwelling place of you, Father. We worship you in spirit and in truth. And we glorify you now. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, Before we close today, the most important question that we could ask you is how is your life before God today? Are you saved? Are you living a life as you should? Are you born again? Maybe you've accepted Christ, but you've wandered from Him and you know your life is not pleasing to Him and you've got to get it right today. I want to invite you, please, right now, raise your hand right there where you are. Just raise your hand right there where you are and say, I've got to get my life right with Christ. I need to get my life right with Christ. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Anyone else here today? Today is the day. I've got to get my God bless you, young man. I see you. God bless you. Someone else. I see you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you. Christians, pray. Anyone else today? Anyone else? Anyone else? You know today, you've got to come back to Him. You've been living your own life, and you know you've got to yield before Him. Your life, your life mean, is meaningless without Jesus. There is no peace, and there is no hope. If you're here today, you know you've got to give your life over to Christ. Would you raise your hand? Anyone else at all? Anyone else? Today is the day of salvation. Today is your appointed time to come to Christ and have an encounter with Him. Don't leave here without getting your sins forgiven. Without getting your life repaired, restored, and renewed. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand? God bless you. Anyone else today? Come to my heart, Lord Jesus. Come to my heart, Lord Jesus. Come to my heart, Lord Jesus. Anyone else today? I want to get right with God. I want to ask those three or four people that raise their hand, would you come forward, please? Would you come and let me pray with you? Come. Let me pray with you. As they're coming, if you didn't raise your hand but you desire to come and get your life right with God, would you please come? Please come now. Please come now. Please come now these two sisters come I had a brother in the back he raised his hand God bless you there was a man in the back he raised his hand would you come my brother Christians pray bow your heads and pray come 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 there was someone else there was someone else come 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 there was someone else but if there is someone else don't put it off don't put don't wait don't wait today is your day come anyone else I want to get my life right with Jesus. I want to get my life right with Jesus. Anyone else at all? Anyone else at all? Let's be praying. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Bless you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you so much for coming forward today. This is your day. If you just look at me for just a moment, this is your day. This is your day for God just to renew and do new things in you. Give you the desires of your heart. The Bible says if we believe with our heart, confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. So would you put your hand upon your heart? Each and every one of you, put your hand upon your heart and pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Father, I come to you today and I confess my need of you. I need you to forgive me of all my sins. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you loved me enough to give your life for me. You paid the punishment for me by giving your all. So right here today, I give my all to you. Take me and make me as you will. I surrender. And today, I believe I'm born again. I am saved. And I'm your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you too. bless you. God bless you, sweetie. God bless you, my brother bless you. Welcome to the family. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God, God is doing something just close your eyes one more time and just raise your hands to heaven and just just say Holy Spirit come upon me now Holy Spirit baptize me with your presence fill me with your fullness fill me with your fullness I want you I desire you make me hungry make my desire grow to another level I want to know you God God I'm not satisfied about knowing about you, I want to touch you, I want to touch you, I want to touch you, I want to feel you, I want to know you, I want to be intimate with you, I want to just worship you and praise your holy name. I love you Lord, I praise you Jesus. Holy, 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 holy are you Lord God Almighty. Holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Holy is the Lord. 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 Lord, Lord fill this place with your glory. Fill this place with your glory. Fill this place with your glory. Fill these lives with your presence, O Lord. Lord, let us fall after you let us go hard after you let us go hard after you in Jesus name we love you Jesus we love you Jesus we worship you Lord in spirit and in truth hallelujah hallelujah now are you going to take this worship and are you going to unlock some doors are you going to worship till the doors open or are we going to worship till something changes? The chains, do you hear them rattling? Do you hear the walls shaking? There's a tsunami getting ready to hit the thing that's been keeping you back. And it's going to be called the power of God. I want to invite you back tonight. We're going to be having a concert, a time of worship and praise. Come and hear the worship team as they get ready to do songs from their new album that they'll be recording soon called Transcend. Come listen to original songs and come and enter into worship tonight and be blessed. Tuesday night's intercession, Wednesday night come as we continue studying Romans but we get to that special part God creating a work in you and then we'll be here next Sunday, we love you, we bless you Brother Jake, if you dismiss us